0: Welcome back to the Go Be Wyoming podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Zach. We are your hosts as third generation Wyomingites. We saw the need for a Wyoming focused show, highlighting Wyoming
1: values and morals. We are dedicated to bringing you the people, businesses, places, and organizations that embody what it means to go be Wyoming.
0: welcome back Wyoming Knuckleheads. I'm your host,
1: Aaron. Zach, what's going on, man? Not much. It's spring break. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of like, uh, did National Lampoon ever do like a spring break one? I was thinking of Animal House. Yeah. And, yeah and Animal uh, House. Belushi going toad. <laughs> so, but I was like, that's it's probably just one
1: of the, uh, like vacation <laughs> movies. One of those ones. Yeah. There you go. Um,
0: yeah, no, as you as a student teacher, you're like, yes, this yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I was telling one of the other teachers today, Last week, I wasn't like, we need spring break to happen right now. This week, it was like, yeah, yep, it couldn't come soon. The kids so, are crazy, and yeah, and yeah. it's because they know it. Yeah, I feel like spring break should be a surprise every year, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> don't let them know because <laughs> then because they're waiting for it, and then they're just you know, they don't care about anything but spring break the yep. whole week or two leading up to it, right? So, yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's a surprise. No, I'm, one an, knows. I'm an innovator, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, it's
1: good, yeah.
0: Uh, the parents wouldn't know. I mean, everyone would be right. on edge.
1: Then kids aren't leaving 10 days early for spring break and getting this like 15 days vacation. Yeah. For sp- yeah. yeah. It's just like, yep. We'll let you know.
0: Yeah. There's, I know <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to you. Some of you parents that <laughs> go on these like 20 day vacations. Yeah. Like, okay.
1: Right. <laughs> so you get, you get 10 days. Yeah. I mean, if you count both the weekend. Yeah. 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 That, that's not enough right, for you. You're right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's spring break. And then yeah. also in celebration of spring break, it is the anniversary
1: yeah. Uh, v- corona. It's I mean, it was about a year ago that yeah. Sheridan and in Wyoming kinda locked down for those two weeks. Yep. yep. Um so yeah. Crazy so to think about. In celebration, I went and got some Corona beer for us. Yes. Um, so we're gonna enjoy this on on air. And you're uh look at you, like the premiere one too. Like So I went in there and I grabbed I've got the extra and then the premiere and so extras in my in my truck right now oh, okay i got you but no, this is good yeah i didn't realize it. until i left there ah you're right but i also stuff. got a nice church key for the, the <laughs> studio we're moving up i want to get this in the yeah yeah oh hang on. i know how to do this there we Ooh, go that was yeah. good that was good <laughs> here you go I was going to say, this is
0: bad TV, yeah. but uh, we've got video. Um, here. Oh, spilled oh. it on myself. I was just <laughs> uh, Yeah. Okay. You well, go. We got it. I have to get a poll of yeah. the Corona. <laughs> My wife's shaking her head, and she's
1: like, he's going to get all red. Yeah. <laughs> um, No limes. I didn't have time to get limes. Uh, That's okay.
0: (laughs) We're not like a uh, high production show here. Uh, Remember, low expectations. Right. Low expectations. (laughs) Um, Well, and we were just talking about, so it's been a year, and like, we've, like, I think everyone can agree the absurdity that happened. Now, the virus was real. I'm glad the vaccine's out. I just got my second shot today. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, like, if you're, like, you are talking about Rand Paul getting after Fauci, but, like, you are so dumb. And, like, that's what it is. Like, he's doing it in a nice way, but it's like, you are an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're fear-mongering people to wear two masks instead of getting the vaccine. Yeah. Which is it, dude? Right. Is it the vaccine or wearing masks? Yeah. Because then he's going to come after him hard and say, if it's a mask, then we should have been open all the time. With masks on. Right. Which... Anyway, so yeah, I'm glad. Thank God for Rand Paul, man. Yeah. He's my guy.
1: It's a good clip. Uh, people should go watch it. Yeah, he's Rauch, my- Fauci. I always say Fauci. Fauci doesn't like he can't. He doesn't come back to. Me. He's just like his response is, "I disagree with you," and <laughs> then it's over. Oh, great! Like, yes. you're a, you're a medical
0: professional, and you, yeah. all you say is, "I disagree." Yeah, which is like you should be using science. That'd be great. Right. Um, yep, yep. And then we were talking about Lexi and I are going to go to Greece, and like the airlines, like, hey, just FYI, you know, Canada right now you have to take the 72 hour test before you board the airplane. Then you got to test again when you get to Canada and then you have to do a mandatory three day quarantine, um, which is paid for by the government, which is great, which Canadians should be pissed. Like, are you, Oh yeah. What? And then, but then I emailed the airline. I'm like, hold on a second. I'm like, I'm not entering the country. I'm not entering Canada. Yeah. I'm trying to get to Greece (laughs) and I have, we have vaccine. So I'm like, so we'll see what they say. I think it's, yeah. it has to be trying to enter Canada. That, that has to be it. Right. I'm like, there can't, you can't be a country dictating all these rules to the airlines. Yeah. But weirder things have happened. So anyways, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, no, this is a good idea. Uh, hopefully we don't do the whole uh, Karen Moxie thing of like, I don't understand her. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make sense. Cause then take we're going to be pulling, pol- <laughs> yeah, take a poll and um, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we start getting into stuff, not again, nothing local unless you found something, Zach. But uh, no. a lot of state news, um, and and it'll be nice and short today. Um, I think. Oh, I'll tell you this after we mention our Cloud Peak sponsor. So DYT Solutions is our Cloud Peak. Partner, um, they can offer any custom marketing solutions for your company or brand. They're a full-scale digital marketing firm. Um, like we said in our last episode, they're mostly a lot of their team is remote, so you just give them a call, shoot them an email, and they, they can help you with it, whatever you need. Um, they've helped us with our website, the those videos we've been posting on Instagram. That yeah. intro was done by them, um, so give them uh, give them a look. They're at uh, designyourtech.com, and then it's admin at design your tech.com is the email to reach out to them. So that's yeah. our that's our Cloud Peak sponsor, um DYT Solutions. Um Zach, I forgot about this. I interviewed a good friend of the show, Salem Thine yesterday from ESAL. Yeah. And uh to lead up into this 20-minute uh interview, it was great cuz he recaps again what ESAL does and it's I think it's very important for people out there they are they're a recovery company uh, for oil and gas, um, and they use water. So they've they've perfected a water system on on the salinity and the wettability of oil coming out of the ground. Okay, okay. that's kind of the my landman view there. Sure, um, but Salem does a great job. He describes that they've kind of changed their business model. They work with chemical service providers, right? Because in in fracking. They use some chemicals. Sure. Now, anyone out there, they only use under 1%. So when they're pumping the liquid into frack, under 1% is chemical. Everything else is water. So don't (laughs) freak out. But this is why a water company like ESAL would be important, right? Right. Because the other 99.9% is water. So you need to know what you're doing with your water. So let's jump into that second interview with Salem Thine from Engineered Salinity. Hey, Salem. Hey, Aaron. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing great, thanks. Can you hear oh, me pretty good? good? Yeah, I can you hear you just fine.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. How's things with you? It's going well.
0: Yeah? Things starting to get a little busier for you, I hope? Not in the Landman side. Whoops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's still
0: kind of slow. Slow with
2: Landman stuff out there.
0: Yeah, nothing's really moving up here in Wyoming. I
2: think it all that moved in, in 2019 kind of situation, and now people don't know right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, so, Salem, I want to kind of revisit. You know, it's been a while since we had you on.
2: Yeah, it so, has been.
0: Yeah, so you are the CEO of ESAL, Engineered Salinity, tell us a little bit about ESAL, and then we will dive deep into the history of salinity uh, technology in oil recovery.
2: I appreciate it, Aaron. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I enjoy all your podcasts. Uh, I think it's the guests you've had on have been tremendous and their contributions, and I'm excited to be here, so thank you again. Um, at ESAL, really what we're doing is we're trying to find low cost means of recovering more oil. Uh, we can do that in all stages of a well life cycle from drilling and completion, secondary, tertiary recoveries. Um, and the way that we do that is really through using, as you said before, salinity technology, understanding what the water in your reservoir or the water you introduce to your reservoir does to its production. Uh, We've done this for almost a decade now and learned that the water you use really matters. Um, And so it can either increase your production or lock in production in some cases. And for most of the industry out there, they really don't consider water anything more than um, a problem, right? Something you have to dispose of or deal with and not something that you can actually turn into a, a profit line. And what we found is when you match the right water in your reservoir with what it wants, uh, you can really, really pump a lot of cheap oil. And I think it's just an amazing amount of of work that we've done over the last decade and the technology and the, the furthering of this understanding of, of how salinity affects this in reservoirs it's just, it's just such a cool job to have in this company, to see this happening, and um, just happy to be able to be part of that forefront of these new technologies that are going to help us produce low, low-cost low oil.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, talk about that history yeah. of, of um, you know, and there's probably still operators out there. They just pump water in it, and then... They're like, oh, let's hope for the best. Talk a little bit, because it was like what the '60s. I think that they started water flooding.
2: Yeah, I mean, even before that, a little bit, but yeah, '60s probably would be kind of considered where it, it really started to catch hold, and so a lot of the, a lot of our customers they're having fields that were '60s and '70s water flooded, you know, um, and and understandably, what would you do? You just get whatever water source you had available, uh, right? And water's water, and, and all you really used it for was a incompressible means of pushing oil out, basically, right? And so that made a lot of sense. Uh, technology at the time dictated that. Actually, what's, what's interesting is, is in the late 50s, uh, the father of wettability, if you may say, AMOT, uh, had observed this effect with with like a change in wettability using salinity and different salinities across um, rocks and oil and kind of predicted that. But, but, you know, in the 50s, you, you only have so much press and so much understanding. And then also the technology in this sports how to predict that and measure it. Right. So. So, of course, that's what you do. You just pump whatever water you got, uh, put it into some of these old reservoirs and you get more oil out sometimes and then sometimes you want it. And uh, we used all different types of ways to explain the failures, uh, channeling, you know, all sorts of physical means that we could understand at the time. But what wasn't really looked at was this unique feature, what's called wettability uh, in the reservoir. So um, wettability is just kind of, what is that rock like, water or oil? And that's that's in terms of here in in the oil industry. What does it really want to grab a hold of? Um, And so it either likes the water or likes the oil in there. And we really, it's funny, you know, if you talk to most reservoir engineers, they probably had a day on wettability at most. And maybe an hour or two out of that day was really focused on this. And pretty much just like wettability is an inherent property in your reservoir. So once it's born there, it stays there, right? And so look for the good ones and avoid the bad ones was always what it was. But um, we've taken another level and we learned that you can change it. Uh, all the way from oil wet, water wet in some cases. And what can change that is really the biggest driver is how saline or how salty your water is. So if there's operators out there that ever listen to the, the podcast and they've had bad water floods or poor performing water floods, i uh, love to talk to those guys because there's a good chance it's just the wrong water out there. So uh, we've seen some great case history actually uh, in Wyoming and uh, north of Wyoming and these conventional water floods where guys have changed the water midstream and and seen some uh, negative results and positive results. So, you know, instead of shooting in the dark, what we want to do is devise a methodology that we could kind of pinpoint that, tell you what to do ahead of time and to get the most production and avoid damage really to your reservoir.
0: You mentioned something really key in my short time as a landman. Any operator I had, they did exactly what you said. What's the, what's the closest water source? Yeah. Yeah. Use that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've
2: worked with, oh man. Oh, I mean, in a short time we've been doing, you know, commercial business, you know, 30 operators or so, which is pretty significant in the last couple of years. And I have yet to run across an operator that strategically picked their water uh, for this reason, you know, they usually were like, what's closest and cheapest? And that's the real driving factor, and that makes sense. Because when you're looking at something that's a cost to you, what do you do? You you pick the, the cheapest and easiest method, because it's a pain in the butt. Really, right? It's a necessary evil, so to speak. Um, we're trying to turn water from a necessary evil into something that's beneficial, right? Something that you want. And as long as you have the right water, um, you can get amazing amounts of production. I'm talking on the order of, you know, 20% of the original oil in place in some cases, on average, you know, five to six, 7% of the oil in place, which is, which is significant for some of these
0: operators. And especially in, in Wyoming, you know, it's yeah. the cost. Um, I I want to go back to something interesting. You said that You know, salinity was the theory of salinity was thought about in the 50s, 60s, but then the technology had to catch up. And you mentioned like all the technology, you know, fracking. How do we measure that? Um, Talk about those technologies and how that's important, too, uh, to what you guys do.
2: Absolutely. I mean. I think in the last decade, it's been um, really a lot of gain in technology. And and I I really think a lot of that drilling technology especially, right? Um, You know, with fracking was a tremendous amount of oil could be unlocked, through hydraulic fracturing, right, through fracking, um, which really drove a lot of money towards it, which then money corresponds to how do we get more money, and technology then comes through from that, right, a lot of research and development. And we've had amazing uh, strides in drilling technologies, directional drilling, you know, we're doing sometimes two plus mile horizontals, which is just unbelievable to think about uh, while geo-steering it the entire time. which is pretty amazing. And that's allowing us to access more of a reservoir. And really with our technology, we kind of think the same thing you've accessed it right now, which is great. Combining that technology is fantastic. You're accessing it, but then how do you make sure you get all the oil that's there, <laughs> you know? And, and so how do you unstick some of that oil or how do you get that oil to flow back out? And that's what we're concentrating on. And, and you look at all this different technology today um, for us, there's there's only a couple of technologies that really deliver more oil. And so that's kind of where we've been focused on is how do we deliver more oil, uh, not just reduce your operating costs, because there's two different camps in that. And I'm excited because there's a, a bevy of technologies that can reduce operating costs and help clean up these sites. But really in our mind, there's only a handful at most of technologies that can increase that denominator or that, you know, number of barrels you're going to get out of the ground that you couldn't get before. Uh, and, and so right now I think is an interesting time in the industry. I think we have to be better at what we do. So every, every well we drill, we have to be better. Uh, we have, we can't just drill it and, and ask for more money and continue to, to do that. I think that drill and flip uh, model that's been done for, for a few years now, or almost what eight years, probably, you know, is, is going to go away. And so you really have the properties now. And so what are you really going to do you before you could just buy a whole bunch of acreage, drill a couple, prove it up and sell it off and let someone else deal with it. I think now, and I think especially what you're going to see in Wyoming is, so you have that property, you need to maximize the results, right? You're a farmer and you need to farm the land as much as possible and get the most out for that investment that you made. And that's where we come in uh, to work with those operators. Drill, fantastic. We can go with that. You're using water. Anytime you're using water, you should be giving us a call just to make sure because if we can improve the production at any measure uh, just by changing that water source, I think I think you're interested, right? And that's, that's really what we wanted to do was to link in with these other technologies to not say you have to be one or the other and to work with those, um, speaking of which, you know, now I'd always seen us kind of opposite of chemical companies, Aaron, you know, and like chemicals, were doing one thing and we're trying to do another, uh, we're working along with chemical companies now to optimize your well treatment program. So you're not pulling one way and pulling another way. Right. Cause that can happen sometimes with chemicals. It can happen with our process. I'm improving it in this direction, but I'm I'm making it worse in another direction as far as production is concerned. Uh, well, we can look at that. We can look at your overall well packages, everything you're putting in, to make sure that it's optimized. And it's put in place so you do one well treatment. or when you're drilling, you're completing that well. You only really have to, you're getting the best possible completion. Um, and you're not putting something down hole that, that's trapping oil in there.
0: Right. I, you, you mentioned something that I was going to ask you, uh, you know, when we had you originally on back in August, um, I really feel like you hit on, um, kind of the, this is how it's always been done. And I think COVID, I think will be looked at through the U S uh, oil industry, actually in a couple of years as a good thing because now companies have to learn and adjust. Um, yeah. and maybe this was the way, uh, to teach some of those guys like, Hey, we need to get out of the dark ages and, and do some of these new things. Do you agree?
2: Yeah. Not, not to be too hard on the industry, but I mean, when it's easy money, of course you're going to, you're, you're going to make it easy. Right. Um, and when you could drill a hole in the ground and make good money and, and everybody profits, um, what 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 else would you want to do, right? Don't, basically don't screw it up, right? And don't mess it up. I think COVID is, is an absolute blessing. I think uh, it gets rid of the bad business models out there. The people that are around today deserve to be around today. Those people were able to be flexible and versatile and change their operations in a way to save money. A uh, hundred dollar barrel of oil is not good for anybody. Right. I mean, it might be good for some people in the industry, but it's not good for the industry as a whole. And it's not good for outside of our industry and for our economy. So, you know, it's so important, in my opinion, that we maintain a reasonable price on a barrel of oil. And to be able to do that, we have to adopt technology that can deliver us more oil or cheaper oil, and we have to be efficient in our operations, right? We can't be expecting a market to bail us out of our inefficiencies. Um, when, when we get 100, $120 barrel of oil, the rest of the economy suffers. Global economy suffers. Shipping prices go up. Everything goes up. It, it's not beneficial, right? So, and then once again, uh, we will get a bad reputation in the oil industry because we're causing the rest of the economy to suffer. So for us, let's be a good player. Let's be responsible. Let's be socially responsible. Let's be environmentally responsible. Let's be fiscally responsible. I know that might sound like a bad word to some people, but I think it's it's super important for us to run these, these companies like true businesses and, and be as responsible as possible. So for us, absolutely, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. Uh, we we do things differently. Than the industry's done before differently than people, the old way of doing stuff. We, as a as a service company, we do full financial, you know, reviews of our projects. I don't pick a project. I don't push a project forward until it makes sense to the customer. So that and that's not historical, right? Historically, you buy you buy your chemical or you buy your process, and we'll see what happens on the back end, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we put in some amazing metrics with our customers to reduce risk the entire time and we do two or three financial reviews of what this project is going to cost and what we expect it to get out. And that's where our price points are, right? Our, our price is completely variable and only based off the success of the project failures. I don't make any money. Right? So, so that's how we have to be as an industry. I believe, right? We have to be out there like other industries that have gone through a similar transition and you have to get better than you were before right? It's just not good enough. Um, I, I think for the oil industry, we're facing an interesting time, like you said, and I think COVID just accelerated it. I think it was coming anyway. Um, Karen, you know, I really do. I, I, I thought maybe in the next couple of years, we would have seen a similar transition, but I think COVID really pushed it because of the, the, really the demand, um, you know, change in, in oil and the big disruption in our demand. But, I think this is a good thing for us. And I think that we need to be really mindful and careful about how we proceed over the next couple of years. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk about it, but you know, we, we have lost a little bit of our social license to operate as an industry. Yes. And, um, and you see it every day and you see, you see oil and gas under attack, which to me, uh, is, it's unfortunate. I think it's kind of sad, but I also understand it, especially for the gas guys out there. Man, right? It's got this low carbon, wonderful fuel source, and then you get lumped on with the dirty oil. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've always wondered that. I thought the natural gas guys should divorce us as soon as possible on the oil side. <laughs> 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 but, but uh, that's just kind of a joke. But you know, but reality is, is you know, it's a it's a really great energy source. But you know, we've been irresponsible. And we have to we have to fess up. And we've had some bad players. And and I say that when I say we, I think the majority of the oil and gas industry is, has been responsible. But you have some bad players out there, and some guys that that took advantage of the high profits and really were in it for themselves and not in it for the communities. Uh, and I don't think that's the small operators. I think small operators have always been in for their communities. I think it's some of the larger operators, but they dictate the way that society sees us. Mm -hmm. And we are on a short lease right now. So what do we need to do? You know, we need to be better than we were. Uh, We need to do things better and we need to continue to do things better and let our actions drive people's perceptions, right? Not our voice, but our actions. So that's one, one huge mission for us at at ESL. You know, we, we put forth 20% of our, of our net profit every year back to sustainable uh, causes. So either carbon offsetting or, or local charitable functions to be able to show more sustainability to new technologies. Cause you kind of have to do that today. And we believe in that we believe the future is really that, you know, oil can be viewed as a, a, a really clean mix of our energy profile. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause when we were setting this up, I was talking with your geologist Brandon, who's who's also yeah. a Wyoming guy like me. Yes, he is. Yeah, we're it, gonna be out there in May too. So. Oh, awesome! We're gonna have to show you guys around if you guys are up here. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll be in Gillette.
2: We'll be in Gillette in May, so okay. oh, we we maybe take a little tour uh, through through Wyoming as well?
0: Heck yeah! Um, but we were him and I were both same thing. You know what are our actions and what's uh yeah what is the oil and gas industry doing? You know, to, to get out in front And, uh, you know, you jumping on here Is is evident of that Talk a little bit about uh, The message, because you worked in um, Nuclear Yeah You know, talk about this energy future, you know
2: Well, yeah, I think there's Probably with my experience in nuclear There's a couple things, one Nuclears looked bad upon it, right? I mean, most people are scared of nuclear energy. And so it hasn't been readily adopted, even though it's a carbon-free source of energy. Uh, it's, it's the most dense form of energy we have on our planet. So it's the, one of the most efficient and carbon-free sources we could actually use, but yet we don't adopt it. And why not? It's public perception, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, as an oil industry, we also have to be careful of that same perception. Because public perception will guide what the demand is for, for your product. And I saw that in the nuclear industry. So that was something that was, is, is interesting parallels. And, and I really hope that if there's anybody out there listening, you know, the nuclear industry spent the last 30 years telling everybody how safe and wonderful it was. And it hasn't changed anybody. You know, so you can't just go and tell people that they need you and you're really important and that they, that you're driving a car that's made out of, you know, 17 barrels of oil and, and everything that's plastic is made from oil and all that stuff. Um, if they don't care, they don't care. Right. And, and and you're wasting your time. What you need to do is you need to address where their concerns are. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to say that that they think, oh, it's dirty. Well, show them that it's not. Right show them over and over, show them that our profits go back to sustainable causes and things like that. So I, I think it, it's so important for us to learn from these other industries that have gone through this before and not make those same mistakes, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I've always said you can't ar- argue an emotional decision with logic, so, so we have to be careful that we don't do that in the industry. And, and, and emotional decision's been made and logic does not change the mind. You know what I mean? It really doesn't. The uh, yeah, actions over some time change change their mind. So, um, uh, you. Know, and what was the second part of that? Sorry, Aaron.
0: No, that that you kind of answered it because it's it, it's you know how do you, you kind of hit it on the head? How do, how does the oil and gas industry? Yeah. You know, get out ahead, and you know, Esal I think is at the front, like you said. You guys are- Let's
2: show them technology, right? That's the number one thing. Let's make it exciting to be in the oil industry. I mean, I came from an industry that was high tech, right, but not very exciting. Nuclear is starting to become a little more exciting with small, you know, modular reactors and stuff, but it's really hard to be exciting with, with so many, so much government control. And oil and gas, uh, honestly, doesn't sound super exciting, right? What, what is exciting out there? I mean, Tesla, right? Everybody loves Tesla. Yep. Everybody loves them. They're going to Mars. Right. Kind of right. Elon Musk is and he's Tesla. So there's industries out there that are doing really fun, cool things. They're doing that because they're adopting new technology. Yes. Right. We can't just sit here and be like, I don't want to do that. Don't mess up my field. Let someone else prove it up for the next 10 or 20 years. And then I'll adopt it. We have to be really open and strong about looking at new technologies and bringing them in right. And testing them out and trialing them out and making what like I look at as the field of the future. Right. I mean, I have this dream, (laughs) a little bit of a a bit of of preaching here, right. But I have a dream of what the oil industry can be like in the future. And, And it's this field of the future where you drive by an oil field and your kids are in the car and they ask, Oh my God, what is that? Right. That's so cool looking. And it doesn't look like when I drive through, you know, Sorry to my Midland friends, but Midland no Odessa, <laughs> right? You know, and you look at it, and you go, oh my God, what happened here? Yep. Right. Yep. Y- y- that's what you say. I mean, it's, it's true. Let's be honest, right? why can't we do things better? Why can't we incorporate geothermal plants into our oil fields? Why can't we incorporate other new technologies for energy? Maybe it's, you know, mining for rare earth minerals and we're doing water treatment, we're using geothermal and we put some windmills and some solar panels up. Why do we have to be so exclusive like we're Mm -hmm. defending our own livelihood? Why can't we be the ones that embrace that same energy mix that we say everybody needs on our land, right? Yep on the areas that we're farming. I want people to drive by and go, man, it, that, 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 that looks so cool. What is that? You know, there's not a pump jack anymore because we can cover the pump jack, make it look uh, nice. Why do you buy a Tesla? Cause it's a really cool looking car, maybe right? Yes. And it has cool features. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, they just put a touchscreen in the Tesla and everybody went crazy, right? Yep. Well, why, why can't we do the same thing? And for me, it's, there's so many technologies being at the forefront of technology. I, I work with a lot of other startup companies, you know, that are, that are looking for a foothold for their technologies in our industry. And we all share the same, the same complaint or the same problem. And it's just that nobody really wants to take a chance. Yep. And it's this attitude that, that just throughout our industry. And, and we can change that just by changing our mindset. And saying that we will become more accepted and will become more popular and will be under more demand if we do adopt these technologies, if we inspire people that we're dreamers in this this industry. Because I don't know a lot of dreamers in the oil and gas industry. You know, I know a lot of people that are holding on to something and trying to make it last as long as possible. And I don't think we have to do that. I mean, there's amazing technologies out there that can go give us another 50, 60 years of the same amount of production that we've had in the last 50 or 60 years. Yep. Not just ours, but others. You yeah. so embrace those, bring them in there. And that's going to unlock all this other great stuff we could do. mean, can you imagine if someday there's an oil field sitting next to a Facebook server center that has a geothermal plant while they're pumping oil and water back out. And they're feeding that Facebook server plant electricity from their geothermal production. You know, wouldn't it be cool. Imagine something like that, right? If Facebook is powered by oil and gas industry as well. But I mean, we can do that. We can do that today, but we just have to take that leap.
0: You're um I was gonna bring that up and say, have you heard of those guys out of Casper that are putting crypto cryptocurrency mining servers on natural gas wells?
2: Yeah, actually I was just reading about that. Funny you should say that. Um just reading about that, you know, mining crypto from, from flare gas, right? Yep. And so they're taking the, that, that's exactly, that's, that's a perfect representation of the stuff that we can do. Right. And, and, and that's what we need to be more creative at doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and the hard work's that we have to put the hard work in. We can't just keep sitting back and saying, this is a great job and I'm going to ride this job until the field dies. Right. I mean, and we've talked and we're leaving 70, 80, 90% of the oil still in the ground. Right. And we're riding out the first 10 or 20% and leaving the rest. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of worth down there, right? That's like, that's like me turning 25 or maybe 28 and, and everybody's sending me out the pasture and saying, my best days are behind me. Good luck. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> that would be really sad for some of us because I've long passed that 28 mark, you know? <laughs> and so that's not what we need to be doing. And I just, I think those guys in like Casper is a perfect example, example of, of what we need to be looking at. Um, and we can keep doing that, right? We, we have that power. We just have to change our mindset about technology.
0: Yeah. And Sal, you guys are on the forefront there, like you said, as a startup, new tech. Um, and then, uh, this is why I wanted you guys back on because this is what my show is all about. Cause it's, yeah. we, we need to be, we need to control the narrative.
2: Absolutely. We can control, control that narrative by doing things like this. Right. Uh, by, by, and you can have a little fun while you're doing it.
0: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think work and fun are, are mutually exclusive terms in my mind. So, you know, us at East Al, we're having fun. We're loving this, absolutely loving what we're doing and we're giving operators a lot of cheap oil, which gives them options to do a lot of amazing things. Right. And and that's the key, right? Unlocking that cheap oil that we've left behind that opens up, a lot of avenues for you to adopt other technologies. And so we're working with a lot of other companies. Uh, if you contact us, you know I know a lot of other companies that would be love to to present some of their technologies. And we, and we work with a couple different companies to allow them to do that as well, along with our packages. And um, this is just the beginning. And I'll tell you, the old model of oil and gas is, is going to go away. The new model will be what we're presenting You know What we dream of And that that's going to happen And if you don't like it Get out of the way I'm sorry But, but I say embrace And have some fun For the next 20 to 30 years New oil and gas sector
0: Dang right I love it uh, Salem I, I think to finish out We're right at 30 minutes there um, What is the best way For people to reach out to you Or Brandon Or the ESAL team um, And then uh, Or maybe where they can Find your guys' uh, Stuff too online
2: Yeah I appreciate it Aaron uh, You know, we have a pretty active LinkedIn profile as well, so you can see us on LinkedIn. It's under ESAL or Engineered Salinity, uh, because LinkedIn, you know, you have to have some different things. ESAL also happens to be equivalent single axle load, so (laughs) we didn't know that when we named the business. So, uh, engineered salinity. Also, you have, uh, we have our website, which is, which is www.esalinity.com. Um, you can reach out to us, you can contact us on any of those. It has all of our information. We're posting every week on LinkedIn about things that we're doing or or topics and such. So feel free to follow us on there. You'll see what we're doing. We've also had some recent publication that we're very thankful for. And Heart Energy uh, published a great article about some work that we just recently did. And um, we'll be in the American Oil and Gas Reporter here this month. And then Oilfield Technology next month as well. So um, we're out there and they can find us. Uh, Please do, please reach out. Um, You know, we're just here we're just here to help. And so, uh, one part of that is if you contact us, you know, I'll look at all your stuff for free and, and look at it and see if we can help you. And if we can't, then I don't want to waste your time or your money. So, uh, but if we can't help you, then I love to partner up with you and see see the fun that we can have about producing more oil for you. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks Salem. Thanks for coming on again. Um, Appreciate it, Aaron. Yeah. I love it, man. Anytime. Love your podcast. Love the the people you have on here.
2: Uh, love what it's doing in Wyoming. We really got to focus back in. Uh, you know, lived in Wyoming for a long time. Love it there. Father still lives there. We have, you know, part of our business is in Laramie there, down there where the wind always blows, and um, just absolutely love it. And this is an important thing. You know, don't give up let's let's work together and start adopting some of this, this new technology and, and, and bring this back for the next 30,
0: 40 years. I love it. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, have Wyoming lead the way. Absolutely, There's no reason they can't.
2: Why not? Let's do it.
0: And that was our interview with Salem Thine. Um, those guys are based out of Laramie. Jeff, his dad is a used to be a professor at UW. Um, one thing I took away from that interview, Zach is Salem brought it up on his own in regards to, and we're going to get into this later in the state stuff is the oil and gas industry needs to do a better job on their messaging. Mm. Um, And uh, he didn't say it, but we've said it. Coal, coal's dead. They, they didn't 10 years ago, they should have been using all that money to talk about carbon capture, carbon technology. um, You know, like that professor, you dubbed that microwaved coal powder to make graphite. Right. We should have been doing this 10 years ago. Yeah. And that's on the coal industry. That's their fault. Right. Um, And Salem brought up of, you know, this is how it's always been done. That's not good enough. And, and the oil and gas industry needs, you know, COVID was good in a sense of like it pushed people out. Yeah. You know, that had that mindset. And now the people that are left are like, Hey, we got to innovate and we got to change. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it was like a hyperdrive of like, you know, we, better messaging. We got to innovate. You know, we've, we have the technology and we have the people to do it. So Ah, um, that was a Salem Thine from ESAL, um, local news. Um, (laughs) the boys and girls soccer team here in Sheridan, they're playing right now. The girls are probably getting done. They started at three, I think against yeah. Buffalo and then the boys will start. Yep. Um, we were just talking about, this is a anniversary of COVID, right? Kids didn't get to play soccer last year. Yeah. So this, yeah. this is fantastic. Um, I think the state of Wyoming still has some really dumb rules. Mm. Like a coach was telling me like they can only have like 20 people on the sideline, which I'm like, well, in football, they could have as many as they wanted. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, why is it any? Why is it? Are you right going to tell me a
0: helmet changes that? Right. <laughs> again, like, why are we letting the government dictate stuff? Because like that makes zero sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or let them wear masks again. This. See, right. we're in and this so loop you go again. go in.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So, anyways, but thank God they're playing. That's all I'm going to say. Right. No, don't change anything. State yeah. of Wyoming High School Association. Yeah. Let them play.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe some of those kids haven't haven't played in over a year. Yeah, and some of them might be more. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. insane.
0: Yeah, um, some of the coaches are like, you know, they're playing Buffalo and Warland, so not four A schools, but you know, it's they're trying to tell their kids like, hey, we have no idea what the you know, cause yeah you look at film, it's going to be from two years ago. Right. So you don't, you don't know. Yeah. So it's like, you guys better be ready. Right. And, and honestly, the Buffalo teams have always been really good. So yeah. it's like, you better just be good in general.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's exciting. That's really cool. Um, yeah. We have to keep up with them and, yep. uh, and see how they're going. Be cool to get a uh, coach. Riser still coaching the girls, right? Heck yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, is it Sody coaching yep. the, the boys? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. He's got the boys and, uh, yeah, it'll be excited. We should catch up with them because, yeah, they haven't played in two years, so yeah. it's kind of a... Interesting know, gotta, to see
1: what their mindset is going into this.
0: Yeah, got to get refreshed up, you know, right. all the coaching. <laughs> so, um, all right, Zach, state stuff. Yeah. Um, I got to, I can't see very well, so. <laughs> um, this is good. I think this is good. Zach, House Bill 209, we talked about this Wednesday. So House Bill 209 is the legalizing marijuana. Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, Session, I think, is back in now, Thursday and today. I don't okay. know. Maybe they're doing virtual. Um, representative presenta is that how you say your, her last is name? Is
1: or Pro- Provenza?
0: Provenza Um out of Laramie. Yeah. Anyways, she... Now, this was reported by the Trib, uh, it's Casper Star Tribune, and this was her Twitter. So it's like, okay, well... She needs to prove the numbers here. Yeah. So I want to say that firsthand, but she claims that somebody from the Department of Corrections gave her an estimate of how much the state is, is I don't want to say wasting, but how much the state has to, to pay to one, individuals incarcerated at the amount of marijuana that this bill would legalize. Okay. Okay and how much it it it's costing us to keep people under parole once they get out. Okay. And again, this is all, I would assume it's based on like, you know, if we legalized it, you know, who's that fall under? Um, She said the estimate was $19.4
1: million a year. Interesting. That's a lot of money. Yeah. For, Okay. So this is people who would be incarcerated if they broke the law that's being introduced.
0: Yeah. So, so if it was, if it was legalized, right. So she had numbers, like, I think it's about 300 to 400 people incarcerated. And then it's about, I want to say like 3,000 to 4,000 people on parole in the state of Wyoming. Okay. So the cost of keeping those people incarcerated and the cost of us following them around parole if we pass the law, they wouldn't be, is what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Right. So that cost that the state of Wyoming pays a Current, year. Okay,
1: so that's currently that's what they currently pay. is okay.
0: nineteen million point four. Now, like I said, she says that's what the Department of Correction says. So yeah. I want I want an actual official to say yes, that's what it is. Right. Um my thing, Zach, is if that's freaking true and we can make thirty million a year on revenue, yeah, that's fifty million right there, right now. Yeah, you y'all better do it and send it to K-12. 50 million is not a joke. Right. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, that's 20 million is a lot of money, man. Yeah, to be is. spending on that. Yeah. um, It's an insane amount of money for 300 people incarcerated. Yep. And,
0: and then, then the multiple thousand, thousand.
1: On, on parole. But how much how much does that cost? You're not paying for those people to be in, in jail and right. fed and clothed. It's.
0: You know, someone needs. I think this this is where this is where my libertarian comes in. Is like, look, like (laughs) at some point we got to be physically responsible. Like, if we're not stopping someone from using a substance, you know, yeah, um, especially over the age of twenty one. Honestly, it's not the government's place to say what they can and can't do. You know, I mean, to a point, I should say. To you know, there's laws and like, You know, can't kill somebody, but. but costing the state twenty million dollars a year, yeah, come on, come on, you know, uh, that's like a imagine
1: selling point for for legalization. Yep, I mean it is for Co- fiscal conservatives, and yeah,
0: think about this. Can you imagine how many people would be up in arms if our Department of Corrections was spending twenty million dollars on people with like alcohol problems, DUIs, right, alcohol problems, yeah which may, I don't know, maybe we are. And it's like, well,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. um, but that's what I'm getting at. Like that's, yeah. that's a lot. And you know, what's going to happen is the department of corrections going to say that's a lot of people losing jobs. Right. Well, sorry, bud, get another job. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, what, or maybe we use the, the money for like real things like human trafficking, murder, real crimes. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so any oh, I, your thoughts, point. Zach. Yeah.
1: That's a great point. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> I kind of echo all the same things that you said, like, let's make sure that's the real number. Um, yep. but let's, I mean, yep. figure out where, where can that money be better spent?
0: Exactly. So, um, on the same note, I want to tell you this story. Someone was telling me this story about, I guess there was a group of guys out in Dayton. They were trying to steal like vehicles and stuff and they, uh, Anyways, they got onto like the Canes' place. So, like, I messaged Nate Kane and, uh, they shot at him like, and Nate wasn't packing and, <laughs> um, and he was herding cattle. And I was like, well, one, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm fine. And I was like, did they hit any of your cattle? And he's like, no. And then I had heard that they got onto the padlock ranch and they stole a vehicle. But then the padlock guys, yeah. you know, obviously shots are getting fired and they steal a vehicle, but the padlock guys tried chasing them down and got to like a little shootout Jeez. Um, with whoever these guys were. Um, and they, I don't think they've been caught yet, but what? this was just this past week. Yeah. Like, yesterday or this week or what? yeah yeah i know <laughs> see like so this is what i'm talking about like so we're wasting 20 million dollars on you know something that could be legal yeah how about we have like maybe another deputy out there in Sheridan County to track down these freaking knuckleheads yeah. that could have wow. they as far as i know they haven't hurt anybody but it's like they could have Jeez. you know nate could have got shot yeah. one of his cow could have got shot the padlock guys could have got shot yeah Thank God, thank God for the second amendment. You know, right. Nate's like, I'm going to be packing for the, now on, Yeah, you know, he's got a daughter and then, uh, gosh, the padlock guys had guns and chased these guys crazy, man. Yeah, so anyway, nice. I'm just, you know. What what are our priorities <laughs> as a society for crime? That's what I'm getting at. So Yeah, no, anyways, that's a good question. But thank God everyone's safe out there. Yeah. yeah um, absolutely. Yeah, Nate, you better be packing now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure
1: he doesn't have a shortage of guns. It's yes. <laughs> he <just laughs> didn't sure have it on him, yeah, with him. <laughs> Yeah, just
0: make sure you have it with you now. Um I should have put this the Articles Act, but I don't think it uh, had any of the details on this bill. Um I'll probably reach out to Ashley Harp Street of the Wyoming Taxpayers Association. A lot of rumors going around that the toll bill. So the bill is there'd be a toll on I eighty. Um, so if you don't know where I eighty is, that's from like Cheyenne across the state to Rock Springs. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how much that would generate for the state a toll on I eighty. Um, the hardest part for me, Zach, is people. For example, athletics travel through there, like Rock Springs to Laramie, right? Rock Springs to Cheyenne,
1: right? Are they exempt?
0: Yeah. So, and then parents falling their, their kids to go watch, like what? That's a good point too. Or fans from Rock Springs at all the going to Laramie to watch you Dub play. Yeah. So, but it really seems like Y dot the uh, Department of Transportation is really pushing this,
1: hmm.
0: and I think they're gonna do it. I mean, I just I. Again, this is like... We just talked about there's 20 million sitting there from the Department of Corrections.
1: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Because it's not like Denver where there's several different ways that you can get to a place. Exactly. If you don't want to go on the toll road, you have a different road you can take. Yep. Uh, I-80 is like the... Unless you're taking back roads. (laughs) Yeah. But I-80 is the the main way. You can't... Like you can get to the, yeah, you just can't. Like I was thinking about, we, uh, I um, guess from Sheridan maybe, but you know, people take the back way down to Laramie, but you know, I, yeah. At some point I'm
0: thinking like if from here to rock Springs, like, right. You could get to about, I think like bags or Rollins. Mm-hmm. But from there, you got to get on I-80. Like, that's yeah. like, there's nothing there. And that's been mostly, that'd be mostly back roads at that point. But then you got to get on I-80. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. Unless you're, I mean, unless you really want to be backwoods, you know, right. Um, right. Back, back roads. Um, I don't, my 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 point here, Zach, is I haven't seen a number. Like, Y-Dot has not come out and said, hey, this is how much it would be. This is how much we would get. Yeah. And then they haven't answered, our questions of, okay, Wyoming citizens, right? Yeah. We just covered a wide range of people, people following their kids around for athletics, uh, going down to see the university athletics shoot. My dad's gone and seen my stepdaughter like 10 times, you know, to Laramie. So it's like, you know, other parents do that. So, Right. I don't know. So we'll see. And I, my thing is like, we don't know how much this is generating. That's my like, yeah. Is it $2 million? So it's like, re- that's what we're like. Right. Good job guys. Right.
1: I mean, there is a ton of trucking that goes through there. Right. So,
0: but how do you, that? how do you, right. How do you police that? It's probably going to cost more money to start police. Like, right. Which they don't yeah. want to admit that because it just keeps their job safe at Y dot. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the state, those state guys, you know, they know how to. Yeah. They know how to. How to security man. Yeah, they know how to do it. I, <laughs> I don't blame them for that at all. But, um, anyways, uh, Zach, this, I don't know if you've read this from Wildfile or not. No, I just, I'm I'll, just looking at I'll it. I'll right talk now. about it here. So, this was reported by Wildfile. So that big BLM project that was, it wasn't ever approved. So that's my. First thing is that big Converse County thing. Remember they were trying to push it with the Trump administration in December. Yeah. It never got approved through the BLM. Okay. So cool. Just call slow down turbo. Right. So it's that didn't even get passed under the Trump administration, obviously in the Biden administration, that's not going to happen. Right. Cause he he's banned all leasing and drilling. Okay. I didn't even know there's this guy. Apparently he got fired. And he's upset about it. And he claims it was because he wasn't working with that former administration to get this project through. And so apparently we're calling him a whistleblower. Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, but a whistleblower is like, I'm thinking Ed Snowden, like there was something illegal going on and he's like, Hey, this is illegal. (laughs) And then, and then they fire him or they're trying to shush him up. Right. And then, and then he's like, you know, that's what, am I wrong? Like, is, isn't no, that what a whistleblower yeah, is?
1: You're right. And it's whistleblowers are also have immunity. So they yeah. can't be fired if you find out who they are. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's where the real trouble is here. Cause the feds it says unjustly fired this whistleblower. So I think that's where the big, big hubbub is. But what is he, what's he blowing the whistle over? That's what I mean. Like, so I'm
0: like, okay, great. Like, yeah, maybe they wrongfully fired you, but
1: I guess like they're touting, they're touting
0: this as like, look at the Trump administration. They were so anti environment. It's like, guys, it's not even, didn't even happen. Like what you guys are, you guys are crying wolf on something that, you know, and then you're giving this dude a platform and it's like, you know, maybe he was wrongfully fired, but it's like. I don't know, just good job by that reporter for like wasting time is my thing. Like, what?
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm, uh, there's somehow some some hawks play into this whole thing. Yeah. It's a mess.
0: Well, so, cause, and this drives me nuts. Um, so if anyone that doesn't know, so federal lands, so many, I was about to say stupid, but it, it is important. So many environmental studies have to be done. Right, every time it's a new application to drill. Okay, it could be in six months, but yeah. they're gonna be like, nah, got to do it again. Right. And it's like, well, nothing's happened. Nothing's nothing's changed. Nope, got to do it again. Yeah, why? Because then the biologi- biologists and the environmentalists get another study, and they get to charge another study. Yeah, I've been out on a sage grouse study. It's really cool because you get out before dawn. Wyoming's beautiful. You have the sunset. It's in spring. They're actually yeah. probably doing them right now it's beautiful, fantastic. And some of the biologists are cool, but it's the dumbest survey I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) They are literally counting the birds, sage grouse. (laughs) And they do this for four weeks. Yeah. And they have to do it three (laughs) times in one area. (laughs) And that's for sage grouse. Yeah. And then, like you just said, they have to do raptor nests. So they have to figure out where the raptors nests are. So eagles and hawks and all this stuff. Yeah. So I don't, I don't freaking align with this guy where he's like, Oh, they were, you know, this is where I'm like, prove it, prove that the Trump administration was trying to do something illegal through the EPA and the BLM. Yeah. Oh, they didn't. Cause it didn't get passed. Right. <laughs> or these oil companies were doing something illegal. Oh, they did it because it's not happening. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, nothing criminal happened there, bud. <laughs> um, and then like, I just kind of walked you through like how these bird surveys go. It's like, that's the, I, now the Raptor ones are a little different, right? Cause they're nests and they're smaller. Um, I think the sage grouse one is the dumbest one in the world because yeah. sage grouse are like, you know, some ranchers call them sage chickens. Like they're stupid. Like yeah. they're, they don't do anything. Right. <laughs> and we're counting them. Like, yeah. this is the dumbest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> and then you have to give them this mild birth on their habit. Like it's Zach, it's the most wild thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's, oh, I've gone too dark down the rabbit hole there, but that was his big concern is like Hawk nests, Eagle nests, which yeah, we should protect those birds. Yeah. Um, but my thing has always been like, well, t- to what extent though? Like, right. Right. <laughs> and then I was talking to an engineer that's in oil and gas. He's like, yeah, but you don't hear anything about those surveys done for wind farms right. for these birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they kill bats, you know? Yeah but that gosh dang bad oil and gas, man. (laughs) Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, have you had time to kind of read that over a little bit more? Yeah. Um, I, I, that's all my big thing on reading it was like, he's not a whistleblower. Like, yeah, he got fired. Right. Sounds like he's going to get rehired though. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bummer dude. You got a job. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's i i, it's, I don't know <laughs> i uh, I, th- I your point about the uh, like the wind farms and yeah. the the study. yeah i don't know it's just let's be equal but for something that never even isn't isn't going to happen right it hasn't it didn't pass it, it didn't get through in time yeah so what are we talking about what's this? the point yeah why they are don't we have about jobs this? anyways yeah so sorry yeah but <laughs> it doesn't matter in the long run
0: um. One thing is that uh, they mention in Wildfile, which I appreciate, is this project is losing out twenty billion dollars in federal revenue. Nice. That'd probably be nice for the government. Maybe but- a good
1: chunk of change for each of these trillion-dollar bailouts that yep. we keep getting. But every few months.
0: Whatever. Whatever. Um. Anyways, I want to learn a little bit more about this. Uh, I think Cheney just proposed this in the House. Uh, Gordon has made an announcement that governor Gordon is um, supporting what is called the scale act proposed by Cheney. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird, weirdly written in short, it supports carbon capture. Yeah. Which like we've said, yeah, of course we're going to, of course our officials are going to be pushing this because we've put hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, so why
0: not make a bill to protect
1: it? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's, that's good.
0: So it's, which is good. No, it's going to
1: protect or yeah. It's going to support the bailout, I guess, of the infrastructure, uh, that's needed to transport CO2 Yep. from where it's captured to where it'll be used for manufacturing. Yep. Um, it looks like they're going to do it underground or they're going to store it underground.
0: Yeah. That's because that's what carbon capture is, is you. You capture it and then you inject it in ground, in the ground. Oh, yeah, 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 Remember sure. Mike and, yeah, Mike and Marin. Right, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and then that's the trick though, is like, we still have to be using natural gas or carbon for something. Right. What's the point of capturing it if we're not going to use it for something? That's Right but no one seems to understand that. Like let's just inject stuff in the ground and call it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> like a dumb, like a dumb caveman. Like, yeah, put it in the ground. Put it in the ground. <laughs> That's going to be good for the environment. Right. Um, okay. We should do uh, we've got man, these coronas probably like we've forgotten some of our sponsors, Zach. So real quick, uh, <sighs> Shout out to, well, first and foremost, we didn't do this in our um, celebration. It's the start of March Madness. It's correct. The tournament has started. Yeah. And we didn't have the tournament last year. Right. So this is huge. Yeah, um, it is. I heard on the radio, we had our biggest, a big upset already, a number two seed lost to a 15 seed, mm-hmm. Ohio State lost to, I have no idea what the team's name is. I can't even remember. can't even tell you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Anyway, so we already have a big, (laughs) big upset already, which is good, which shouldn't surprise should not surprise anybody. Yeah. The reason I'm bringing this up is remember anybody in Cheyenne, anybody in Sheridan, if you are going to go watch March Madness all month of March, which that should be, that's implied, (laughs) tell them you heard madness on the go be wild podcast. You get half off your beer. There you go. All month long. Yep. Your first beer. You can, yes. First beer. Yep. Um, You can use it. Just go in every day. Yep. You know, there you go. Um, drink responsibly. But that's a yeah. uh, <laughs> shout out to Blacktooth Brewery for letting us do that. And then I uh, want to give a a read for Jess Hattervig. If you're looking to move out here to Wyoming, and especially if you want to move out here to uh, Northeastern Wyoming, so Dayton, Sheridan, Bighorn, Buffalo, give Jess Hattervig a call at ERA Carroll Realty 307-751-6924. The housing market's crazy. You need somebody that knows what's going on, where property is, where housing, you know, where, where the new houses are, yeah. uh, who the, who the contractors are. So Jess Hattervig, at ERA Carol Realty. Again, his number is 307-751-6924. Zach, give us another one. Cause we went a little long on our yeah. first break here.
1: Uh, Sheridan County title is another sponsor. They offer better service for a better price. Ask for the best title service that has been serving Sheridan County for over 50 years. Uh, give them a call at three zero seven six, seven, two six, four, seven, eight, or visit them, uh, on South main street.
0: Yep. Historic, historic main street there. Um, All right, Zach. I want to give a little context to this. Okay. I messaged you today. I saw this. Yep. And I was all hot and bothered. I was like, these MFers (laughs) drive me nuts. And then luckily, luckily, luckily we do a podcast. So it's like, we're not getting on the air and I'm all, all pissed off. And I say something (laughs) stupid. So. First, I want to say, P A W, Petroleum Association of Wyoming. Man, this Corona is really <laughs> like, uh, has joined what's called the Western Energy Alliance. They are a group of oil and gas professionals and companies that are getting in on the lawsuit against the Biden administration um, on the on the federal leasing ban. Okay. Okay. This is not a surprise. Sixteen governors are in on it. Now you've got a Western Energy Alliance. Good. Okay. This that's. That's expected. That's what they're going to do. Yep. So our good friends down um, at Wyoming public radio, they reported um, they have a story talking about, look, the information that Liz Cheney is touting that she's using, you know, as her, her, her fight against the Biden administration um, was paid so this is, this is their quote here. What was not disclosed, you know, in her report or whatever is the influence and financial support from the oil and gas industry in this study. Yep. Okay. They are wrong and they are wrong. And I got clarification from PAW today. And this is why I'm, thank goodness we're not on radio. Thank goodness we're a podcast because I reached out to them because I, you know, I saw that first and I was pissed off about that. I was like, these guys are freaking lying to the Wyoming people. Yeah. This is straight pushing an agenda and you're a state run media source. Um and so yeah, I was all hot. You know, I you got my message, Zach, you don't need to read it on here. But <laughs> so I reached out to PAW because then I saw an article about they joined the Western Energy Alliance. Yeah. So I reached out, I was like, guys. I was like, give me, give me a comment here on, on what they just said today. And so this is what they said. So number one, first and foremost, that study. Okay. Don't, don't take their word of like, this was just a study made up by companies. Incorrect. This was done by a professor at the university of Wyoming. Okay. An independent study and has been peer reviewed. So it is a validated study from the university of Wyoming. Okay. By uh, professor, Tim Constantine. Considine. Considine. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, if you have a problem with the study and the methodology of how he went about it, you give him a call and ask him how he did it. Okay. That's how that works guys. Right. When a study's done, you go to them and say, how did you do it? Yep. Okay. Now, And then here's their straight comment. Okay, this is from PAW, so this isn't me. We have become increasingly concerned with the direction of WPRs, that's Wyoming Public Radio, coverage of energy issues in the state, and like all coverage of the industry, we work to counter any misinformation that arises. Multiple studies, including Dr. Constantine's, which is the one we're talking about, one from API and another from the Enhanced Oil Recovery Institute show. Okay, so that's three sources show that President Biden's actions to limit federal leasing and permitting will have and already is impacting, devastatingly impacting Wyoming. Boom, done, period, facts. There you go. Okay. Now, Zach, maybe I'm cooled off now. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, I want to point out that Wyoming Public Radio, I hate these guys. I'm getting so like, you guys are a state media source. I don't care that you're partnered with the guardian. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care because they've been terrible. And then they're like, Oh, we're partnered with floodlight news. Guess what? Floodlight news is for quote, Zach, what they do ready for this to investigate the powerful interests holding back climate action. I really don't feel like Wyoming public radio that this is in the best interest for Wyoming. Right? Yeah am I wrong? Am I, am I totally off base Zach or no, am I?
1: No, I think you're right. Uh, Wyoming public radio. This is like you said, a state funded, state funded media source. Should I, you would think represent the values of the state of the people who live in the state, mm-hmm. not a select few and I'm not saying they shouldn't be reporting on some of these things. If they're allowed to have these opinions, yes. whether they're wrong or, or, or not, mm-hmm. But you and I have talked for a long time about the just blatant left wing, uh, bias yes. that Wyoming public radio has. Yes. Um, and we talked about it on Wednesday. We were talking about it again today. It's taken us a while to f- be able to come to a point where we can talk about <laughs> it in a, you know, very nice, uh, yep. and, and uh, you know, respectful way. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's just,
0: like, it was so blatant, Zach. I was yeah. reading it, and I'm like, this is so yeah, wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it's on all their social media. I'm like, you guys are the state media. Yeah. And you guys are pushing your own agenda and I'm like this and so um anyway so I'm glad PAW reached back out with this great message this great comment um
1: it's good to know that there's other people out there who are seeing what they're putting out yes and disagreeing with yes too. Yep. like a big power big uh group like PAW yep that's good to see
0: yeah yeah so anyway so I'm glad we're not on radio because I would have I would not have calmly said it as <laughs> PAW had said it um I want to I want to keep on this track, Zach. So yeah. we just listened to uh, Salem Thine of Esal and this is exactly what he's talking about is we need to get out in front like him at East They, and they've, they're, they're really working hard in Fort worth in the Texas area, but he's trying to t- convince those companies like, and then Wyoming companies, you guys need to get out in front of this stuff. Yeah. Right. Cause then people are going to believe that and then think like the true oil company that's based out of Casper, they're a third generation Wyoming company that have done oil and gas they've created jobs for a lot of people. And it's like, those, we, they need, we need to get out in front of that and say, that is wrong. And we're not the big, bad Samson. We're not the big, bad Conoco. You know, we've been here for years. We employ hundreds of Wyoming people. Um, and it's okay. It's also okay on the same note to tell them they're wrong and then say, Hey, any energy is good energy. Right. Okay. If you got it, if you, like we've said about the solar farm here, like, Hey, now the dude that proposed it here was a complete idiot. Didn't have anything done. He's been wasting a year and a half. And you know, the County commissioner was like, dude, you have no plan. Right. We don't do this for oil and gas companies. You got to have a plan. Yeah. Just be fair. Just. And so we've, we, you and I have always said that. And I want to make that clear. I'll, I'll take solar and wind. If it's going to make my energy cheaper.
1: Right. We've been pretty consistent with that.
0: Yeah. So I have notes in here. Like Zach, like I want you you know, I want you, Zach, to be able to have free energy. That's not political for me to say that. Right. And then for me to say, I want cheap energy too. Like, I don't know where this has gotten so emotional and so like political right. for me to say, I just want you to have cheap energy. Is that such a problem? Right.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's when you get to the fact that, you know, you have people like AOC telling everybody else, if we don't change the way our energy comes, mm. the world's going to end. Right. And in, in under a decade.
0: Yeah. You know, that's where the problem comes and from. And they've been saying that since like the sixties. Right. Um, and you know, like you're saying, like the proactive thing to do, right. So I think now we're one, we got to get proactive of just the message. Now I think we need to get proactive of how can we prove to people, like you said last Wednesday, how do we prove to people that it's not political? This is the, and not emotional. Yeah. Um, and I, you brought up the example of that ad where it's like, look at all the things that are made from oil and gas. Look at all the things that we can do with oil and gas. Right. And my, and Salem brought that up. And then one thing I was thinking about today is like, why can't Wyoming take the lead and say, Hey, we will have $1 to $2 uh, $2 gallon of gasoline all the time. Cause it's Wyoming made or natural gas. That's under a buck 50 all the time. Yeah. Or you could go up to Decker and buy your own coal if you want anytime you want. Wyoming needs to take that step. And I think the companies need to take that step of, Zach, if you want to run your house on coal, drive up to Decker and go get it. Right. If I want to run it on natural gas, I can do that. Just like if someone wants to buy a solar panel and put it up, perfectly fine. Yep. That's, that's the next step I think we need to take. And especially like for gas too. Cause like gas is almost about three bucks a gallon Yeah. here in Wyoming. Imagine living in California where it's five to $6 a gallon mm-hmm. and they're sitting, that's another they're sitting on one of the biggest reserves in the United States. I think yep. people don't know that Yeah. right at Long Beach. Why do they pay $6 a barrel for gasoline or sorry, $6 a gallon? Yeah. Uh, yep. You tell me. So I, you know, so <laughs> that's, it's like, let's take that next step. Like, I, I'm glad we're protecting carbon capture, yada, yada, yada. I'd like us to like, take the step of how about we make our own, how about we refine our own gasoline here? How about we refine our own natural gas? Yeah. Cause then it's cheaper. And then these conversations don't happen. I right. guarantee you. Cause then if we're making our own natural gas from outside KC, guarantee your you electricity bills goes down guaranteed. Yeah. So, anyways, but um, went on a little deep end there on my my part.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think that's good. I think uh, I'm glad uh, PAW reached back, uh, yeah, came back, and yeah, gave us that. Yep. Um, I think people people just aren't informed, or they uh, they don't realize just how far reaching this this really is. Yep. So, um, they they need to be. And you be diligent. Do your due diligence yeah. and go and, and and see these things and figure out what they mean. Um, my big question before
0: we jump into the, I don't know if you have a give no ground or not, Zach, but my big point, and hopefully that came across from PAW's comment is who you get to listen to Wyoming public radio for your energy, for, an, for, 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 <sighs> for, for someone dissecting a study done on energy, who you going to listen to Wyoming public radio or the petroleum association of Wyoming? Right. <laughs> if you're sitting there saying Pu- Wyoming public radio, I can't change your mind. Cause right. Right. That, I mean, it, regardless of the topic, like just because they're a media, per, it's like, I'm going to go to the people that actually right, do it
1: that are working in this field.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, right. Um, and PAW gave us three different studies. Yep. So it's not just one. St- so anyways, um, we're done talking about it. <laughs> I don't want to give those guys any more of our time because um, they get state funding. They get NPR money, right? And I guess visit Sheridan pays them money. So um, one last sponsors Zach, And then if you want to uh, do a give no ground, um, this is alpha graphics of Sheridan alpha graphics here has helped us with a lot of our local design, web design as well. Uh, and partner with DYT. Um, in our studio, they have our nice canvas logo. They've done a lot of our window decals, stickers. Um, they offer all printing needs, so business cards, you know, I mentioned stickers, canvas, whatever. Um, they can help you with web design, social media marketing if you need it, um, and much more. They're an all in house thing. On Wednesday, I talked about somebody was like, I went there for the first time and they get, they can give me everything I need. I don't need to go anywhere else. And he's like, and I love that. He's like, and and then one they're in person, you know, the, it's an actual business on North main. Yep. So give them a call three Oh seven, six, seven, four, six, two, seven, seven. Again, that's alpha graphics here in Sheridan. Um, Zach, do you have, um, do we want to go into carbon capture a little bit more? Um, I know that was something on our mind or do you have something on your mind that you want to talk about? Um,
1: You know, I didn't get a chance to, to do any carbon capture digging. Um, there's not really much on my mind right now.
0: Uh, (laughs) You're, you're on, you're on break mode right right now.
1: (laughs) Vacation mode. Yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, I just want to reiterate, we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday is just, um, the mask mandate is over. Yes. Uh, uh who, how many people you can have in a, in a space is, is gone. Right. I believe so. Um, at least for restaurants that it, it is, I, um,
0: I think, I think this like state governments and stuff, you know, and the city governments can make their decisions. Yeah. Like I saw the city of Sheridan said, you know, they're all going to be wearing masks and stuff to protect their employees. And so it's right. like, okay, well fine. Like right. that's your decision, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> But for like public stuff, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the high school, like athletics is probably not right. Mm-hmm. Cause the kids stuff to wear masks in school. So I met, uh, you know.
1: Right. Right. I guess what I'm just trying to say is we're coming back to some semblance of normalcy. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, go and support those businesses this weekend. Yep. Um, it's going to be really nice out. Uh, go. Go pack the place. Yep. <laughs> fill, fill it up. Yeah. Um, if you've been longing to go, go to the pony and sit down there, you know, not have a huge weight, uh, do it. Go. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, yeah. And, and no, hundred percent. Cause like now, cause they're full capacity now. So like, uh, I've ran into Ty and he's like, yep, we've got all our tables back. Good. So they, they, so, um, Yep, they've got full tables. Um, they close off their deck, so it's like they you can sit outside, inside. Yep. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. Support your local businesses. Um, you know, we talk about Sheridan all the time. I think of the guy in Cheyenne, the Sanfords. Mm-hmm. He held on he, sh- I, I want to call him and be like, dude, you were so close know, one more like- week and you were there, man. Um, but like them, like go support them. And I yes. did see comments from people I know in Cheyenne. They were like, I'm going to go fricking to that guy's restaurant just to- cause screw it to the city of Cheyenne. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that's, yep. that's what you need to be doing. So do it now. Like don't, right. don't do it in, in the, you know, in spite of the regulations, like this is now the time to go. Cause it's lifted. Um, and, and support those businesses. Absolutely. Yeah. And second, I do want to say, cause we were talking about this before be respectful. I think that's the big thing that was lost in this, like the big corporation companies that, you know, home depots, the Walmarts, um, and really any others that are, are branches, right? Yeah. Their employees probably still have to wear masks, right? Don't be that jack wagon. Don't be the knucklehead like the governor yeah. used and give them a bad time about it. Right. Okay. That's wrong. I mean, and and that's wrong even if there is
1: a pandemic or
0: not. Yeah. Right. They want to wear a mask. They want to wear a mask. Like that's
1: (laughs) whatever. Like (laughs) they're just trying to do their job. Just let them do it.
0: Yeah. That they're, they're in, in no way is someone wearing a mask hurting you. So whatever. Okay. Um, and I would argue me not wearing a mask isn't hurting you, but whatever we're past that point. So, um, (laughs) But yeah, be respectful. Okay. If they're wearing a mask, uh, I think one thing that's happened is like for germaphobes, it's like, Hey, it's okay now to be like, I want some distance. Like I'm shaking <laughs> your hand. Like I want to stay distance. Yeah. And like, that's fine. Like I get it. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, hundred percent. And then, um, Oh, I had something. I lost it. Oh, if you're going out. So if you're going to eat dinner and then you're like, I want to go watch basketball and I yeah. want to go to my favorite brewery in Sheridan and you're going into Blacktooth remember say madness. I heard madness on go BYO. Yep. Give me half off my beer. There you go. The first one, first not the one. whole ticket. <laughs> if you can swing that, I mean, good well, for you, but, yeah. uh, be, be <laughs> responsible. Um, and then, uh, last little message is remember DYT solutions. They're our cloud peaks, uh, partner. Um, they've helped us with all the video, um, and marketing, um, YouTube and all that stuff. Uh, design your tech. And I think it's designyourtech.wy.com your tech. is their website. Yeah. And then, uh, admin at design your is their email. So that's design your tech. So thank you guys for listening on this one. Um, uh, this was. This will be episode one hundred and fifteen. Really, and then Zach, we have a cool guest coming in, so I'll yeah. leave that for everyone to, if they're listening all the way through. So there we go. But uh, remember, go be Wyoming. Have a good weekend, Zach. Enjoy the spring break. Thank you. I will. And we'll catch everyone next time.